talking to him this morning. Amen. And he answered back too. Wow. You know, as uh, the children were, were leaving, uh, there were two little boys in particular that uh, caught my attention. And as I was preparing this message and came across this illustration, uh, those two boys came to my mind. And the two boys that came to my mind was Eli uh, and also Hunter. Uh, it was just missing the high five. And some of the things that I realized about kids as I was preparing this is that most kids don't have filters. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they just tell it like it is, man. If you don't want it said, then you better not tell them, amen? I mean, one thing, children don't mind saying what oftentimes we don't want them to say. So I want to uh, invite you this morning just to listen to a few questions that were asked of children and what their responses were. The first question was, how do you decide whom to marry? Well, Kristen, age 10, said no person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all a long time before, and you just find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> the next question was, what is the right age to get married? Well, Camille, age 10, said 23. 23 is the best age to get married because then, by then, you've known that person forever. The third question was, how can a stranger tell if two people are married? And Derek, age eight, said, well, you might have to guess, but they're probably yelling at the same kids. <laughs> what do you think your mom and dad have in common? Lori, age eight, said, they both don't want more kids. <laughs> what do most people do on a date? Martin, age 10, said, well, on the first date, they just tell each other lies, and it usually gets them interested enough to go on a second date. <laughs> what do you do on a first date that's turning out real bad? Craig, age 9, said, I run home and play dead, and then the next day I'd call all the newspapers and I'd make sure that they wrote about me in the dead columns. <laughs> when is it okay... To kiss someone. Pam, age seven, said, when they're rich. <laughs> Howard, age eight, said, the rule goes like this. If you kiss someone, then you should marry them and have kids with them. That's just the right thing to do. Is it better to be single or married? Anita, age nine, said, well, it's better for girls to be single, but not for boys, because boys need someone to take care of them. <laughs> Bless her. How would the world be different if people didn't get married? Kelvin, age eight, said, I don't know, but there sure will have be a lot of kids to explain. <laughs> and the last one and the number one favorite is this. How would you make marriage work? And Ricky, age 10, said, tell your wife that she looks pretty, even if she looks like a truck. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22 and listen to what the wisest man the world has ever known wrote in this chapter. You like it when the pastor only preaches on one verse, don't you? Because that gives you a false sense of security that you're getting out early, doesn't it, Francis? Amen? Well, you are. 
Proverbs 22, verse 6. This is a verse you've probably heard many times before. But the verse goes like this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In Mark chapter 10, all kinds of people brought children to Jesus. And they were hoping that Jesus might uh, help them, might touch them, might bless them in some way. And on one occasion, the friends of Jesus, the disciples, actually tried to shoo the kids away from Jesus. And Jesus got irate about that. He hit the ceiling, if it would, and he let them know it. He said something like this, Don't push these children away from me. Don't you even get in between me and these children. These children are the very center of life in the kingdom of heaven. Then gathering up those children in his arms, he laid hands on them and he blessed them. You see, Jesus repeatedly taught how important children were. How important children are. In the message uh, in Matthew 18, Jesus said, Whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What's more, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Let me read that last part again. What's more, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Friends, as Christian adults, Jesus calls you and I to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And part of that calling uh, leads us to embrace the command that we are to train our children as kingdom kids. That is the goal. One of the many goals of the church is to train up kingdom kids. Now this morning, I want to talk a little bit about what that entails. We need to know what this training means, what it entails, and how we're to go about doing it. And the first point I want to make is, is this training is primarily the responsibility of parents. Training up kingdom kids is primarily the responsibility of parents. It's not the responsibility of the United States of America. It's not the responsibility of the state of Alabama. And it's not the responsibility of society as a whole to train up a child. There's an old African proverb you've heard before that it takes a community, it takes a village to raise up a child. And I see the value in that because a community can have a good impact on a kid. A community can have great influence on a child. But it takes godly parents, friends, godly parents to step up to their God-given responsibility to train up kingdom kids. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible commands God's people this way. The Bible says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command to you this day shall be in your heart. 
And listen to this. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk about my commands when you sit around in your house. You shall talk about my commands when you walk by the way. You shall talk about my commands when you lie down to bed. You shall talk about my commands when you rise up in the morning. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And then commanding parents in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says, And you fathers, and you fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. That is, don't exasperate them. Don't, don't provoke them to wrath. Instead, bring them up. Bring them up in the training and admonition, the training and encouragement of the Lord. Friends, listen here. The school will teach your kids how to read. But parents in the home teach them what to read. Did you get that? The school can teach your children how to think. But parents in the home must teach them what to believe. Training is primarily the responsibility of parents. Now, that's true, and, and with all that being said, the church has a responsibility too. The body of Christ at Bethel Baptist Church has a responsibility to the children in this community. And for the rest of my message, I want to talk to you about what that responsibility entails. First of all, as a church, we must come to the understanding that training a child, training up kingdom kids, is an ongoing, never-ending process. Year after year after year, training up kingdom kids never ends. We have to continue doing it. Training up kingdom kids is a 24-hour a day, seven day a week, 365 day a year task. Training up a kingdom kid begins in the cradle and it continues on into adulthood. It never ends. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. What does that mean? Well, if you investigate the words of that, or investigate that word train, train means to train and keep on training. Amen? To train and keep on training. Keep on going. It's an ongoing, never-ending process. Friend, do you know what the very best tool that a parent or teacher has in their arsenal? The very best tool that a teacher or parent has is, get this, ready? Repetition. Ongoing, never-ending, over and over and over and over again. But we get tired of saying it over and over again, don't we? Uh, but that's what the greatest tool we have is repetition, teaching them those vital life lessons over and over again if necessary. I read about a public school survey in Maryland that revealed that parents spend an average of 15 minutes in meaningful dialogue with their child every week. 
15 minutes in meaningful dialogue every week. That means that for the rest of that time, they're listening to their peers. For the rest of that time, they're listening to TV. They're listening to their phone. They're listening to Facebook. They're listening to Twitter, whatever. They're getting everything they need from somewhere else other than from you. Don't you remember what Deuteronomy 6, 7 said? Teach them diligently to your children. God says, teach my commands diligently to your children and talk about them when you sit in the house. Talk about them when you walk by the way. Talk about them when you lie down. Talk about them when you rise up. Continually, ongoing, never ending, always repeating the things of God and the commands of God. Training is an ongoing, never-ending process. Here's something else the church needs to learn. Training up kingdom kids and training them up in God's word is paramount. That means it's the number one priority. Listen to what Paul wrote to his young friend Timothy. He said, from a child, you have known the word of God. You see, Timothy got it. From Eunice and from Lois, his mother and grandmother, over and over and over again, this never-ending process of the Word of God. And so he said, you have known the Word of God, which is able to make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. It has great value to tell you what's right, to tell you what's not right to tell you how to get right and to tell you how to stay right. Why? So that the man of God will be complete. So that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Friend, I want to tell you something this morning. You or your child will never be complete. They will never be thoroughly equipped for this life Unless they are adequately trained by the word of God. They may know all about the world. But unless they know all about God. They will never be complete. And they will never be thoroughly equipped. I read about this man. Who started out uh, in the forest. And this forest was so dense. It was so covered with trees. That the deeper he got. It got to where he couldn't even see the sky. Couldn't even see the sun. It was almost like dark in there. And one time he was traveling for a long time. It started getting darker and darker and darker. And he said, you know what? I better head for home. And so he uh, started heading a direction. And he was so certain that his direction was right. He didn't even bother looking at his compass. And he kept on heading the wrong way. Heading the wrong way. And then he was surprised to find out that he was going west when he wanted to go east. He was so sure that he was right. So sure that he was right, he even was going to throw that compass away when he looked down at it. And he thought, you know what? Not one time has this compass told me an untruth. I think I'm going to believe it this time too. And sure enough, he followed that compass and it came right out of the forest at his house. You see, we have a compass too. Here it is. You ready? This Word of God, this Bible is our compass. And if you don't equip your children with a compass, they're going to go the wrong direction. 
They're going to go the wrong way and they're going to get themselves in a deep, dark forest and they're going to be lost. They've got to have the compass and they've got to understand how to read the compass. And guess whose job it is to teach them how to do it? Yes, first and foremost, parents. But second, it's your responsibility, church. It's your responsibility to teach children how to read the compass. If we will train our kids to follow this compass, they will be safe, even when they wrongly think that they're right. You ever wrongly thought that you were right? Only had the word of God illuminate your mind and say, "Uh uh-oh, I guess I wasn't right after all? Friend, if we want to build kingdom kids, then we need to train them in reading the compass. And that responsibility falls on us all. It falls on every one of us. That is the reason why Christians in action is so important. Because it's our responsibility as the body of Christ to be the hands and the feet and the heart and the minds and the voice of Jesus to children in our community. And if only half of us are participating in that, kids, somebody's going to get left out. Somebody's going to get lost in the forest. Somebody's going to lose. And we don't want anybody to lose, do we? In Psalm 119, the Bible asks, how can a young man keep his way clean? How can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. With a whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Training up kingdom kids must be done in the word of God and friends that is absolutely paramount. That's the calling of the church. But also, training up kingdom kids must impart Christ and it must impart Christian principles. A man named Robert Coles said in an interview, I think what children in the United States desperately need is a moral compass. They need a moral purpose and most kids aren't getting it. They're not getting that moral compass. They're getting parents who are very concerned. The the parents are very concerned about their kids, but listen to the things they're concerned about. The parents are concerned about getting them into the right college. It has value, but is that the most important thing? The parents are very concerned, but they're concerned with buying the very best clothing for them. Hey, man, everybody needs some duds, right? But is that the most important thing? The parents, these are very concerned parents, but what are they most concerned with? They're concerned with giving them an opportunity to live in this fine and affluent neighborhood. Hey, man, everybody needs shelter, but should that be our priority? I mean, these parents are concerned, but they're mostly concerned with stuff like going on vacation and buying $200 tennis shoes. Friend, listen here. The problem with these people is, these parents, is they're hard workers. Man, they busted out there. They work crazy shifts. They're working hard out there. But really what they're working for is this desire to acquire. You ever heard that before? 
They're working for this desire to acquire. They desire to acquire things. They desire to acquire things that they think are important to the well-being of their children. The problem is this. These adults in church, these adults as parents, are more concerned in preparing them to live in this temporary world than they are in preparing them for life in eternity. Which one's going to last longer? Go ahead and say it. Eternity is going to last a lot longer than life in this world. Listen to what a psalmist wrote in Psalm 78. For God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded to our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare it to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And this is the sad part. And that they may not be like their fathers, you know, the ones, the stubborn ones and the rebellious generation, the generation that did not set their heart on God, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Friend, I'm just telling you that if you don't raise, train up your kids to be kingdom kids, you're going to train up your kids to be worldly kids, and they're going to have a heart that is far from God. And it's not only the parents' responsibility It's the body of Christ's responsibility. And that involves me, and it involves you. Training must impart Christ, and training must impart Christian principles. What does that train up mean? What does that training mean? Training up a child. Well, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia says that training up a child means more than just having a class and teaching. It means more than that. It also means that we need to be developing the child, nurturing the child, uh, making sure that that child has a good moral compass, a good spiritual nature. It's not just about teaching. It's about applying the Word of God to their young lives. So how in the world do we accomplish this incredible task of training up kingdom kids? How do we do it? Well, the first thing that we do at CIA, at Christians in Action, is we want to make sure that every single child, whether they're preschoolers or whether they're 12th graders, they've been introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ. They know who he is, and they've been introduced to him formally. And here's why. Because if there's one child, if there's one child that's never introduced to Jesus, then that one child usually turns into one family that's never introduced to Jesus. And if that happens, this one child who leads to this one family eventually becomes this one community that has not been introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's all the fault, it's all to the neglect of Christians in the life of that child. It's our responsibility. 
It's our responsibility. Not only do we introduce children to the Lord Jesus Christ, but we also disciple those that have already believed on him. We, we disciple them. We teach them. You see, a lot of times it's hard to train a child in a way that the adults around them don't go. It's hard. It's not, it's, it's not impossible, but it is hard. Now, one of the things that I've seen at CIA in the past and that I'm still seeing today is that we are picking up kids, we're bringing them into the house of God, and godly men and women are discipling and teaching these children, and even though their family are acting like the world, we are inspiring these children to act like Jesus. And that's what CIA is all about. But it's our responsibility. It's up to us to lead those children. So we're going to introduce those kids to Jesus Christ. We're going to disciple them once they believe on Jesus Christ. But not only that, we're also going to provide structure for that child. One of the things we do at CIA is we provide very clear-cut boundaries about what they can do and what they can't do. Now, the Message Bible in Proverbs 29 says, Wise discipline imparts wisdom. Wise discipline imparts wisdom. Spoiled youngsters embarrass their parents. So discipline your children and you'll be glad you did because they'll turn out to be delightful to live with. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we line them up and paddle them here at CIA? Sometimes we wish we could, but we don't. Um, but here's what we do. We do provide structure. We do provide boundaries. The base word in discipline is the word disciple. Y'all catch that? So discipline doesn't have anything to do with a spanking. Discipline has everything to do with discipling. And the structure and the boundaries that we provide here provide the setting for discipling kingdom kids. And guess whose responsibility it is? It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Finally, not only are we going to introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ, not only are we going to disciple them once they become believers, not only are we going to provide some structure where they can learn about the things of God, Lastly, in every single thing we do, guess who's going to be number one? Jesus. In everything we do, we let Jesus Christ be number one. In everything we do, Jesus holds the first place. Whatever we do in word or in deed, we're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He's always number one. Every facet, every lesson, every activity that we do at CIA is designed to train up kingdom kids. It's designed to introduce kids to Jesus. It's designed to disciple those who come to faith in Jesus. It's designed to provide that godly structure with godly people. It's designed to remind them that Jesus comes first. Training up kingdom kids must impart Jesus Christ and it must impart Christian principles. So to effectively train up kingdom kids, parents must first accept their God-given responsibility. 
The church must understand that training is a never-ending process. We do this year after year after year, and sometimes we get burnt out, but we can't afford to get burnt out. We can't afford to give up. We've got to keep on keeping on. We've got to train and keep on training. Their lives depend on it. It's an ongoing process. The church also must make sure that God's word is paramount. The only thing taught here is God's word. And finally, the church must impart Christ and impart Christian principles into the lives of these kids. So, friend, have you come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ desires to be your Lord and Savior and to be number one in your life? Friend, do you understand that Jesus died for the forgiveness of every sin you've ever committed and every sin you'll ever commit? Do you understand that you can receive this wonderful gift of heaven simply by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross for you? If so, and you're a believer and you're part of the body of Christ, friend, have you realized that you can be the instrument through which God saves the eternal life of a child? Oh, friends, it all falls on us. And for us not to adjust our schedules or make sure our priorities are in order for the life of a child, that just seems wrong. So my prayer for you is today is that you've heard God speaking to you and you've realized that there may be some things that you've got to adjust in order to train up kingdom kids. But I'll just tell you, whatever you've got to do, however you've got to do it, It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. If you missed last Sunday, I want you to know that you can still commit to this semester of CIA. Like I said, we had a good number of teachers, but certain policies we've placed in, in our church uh, mean that for every class we have, we've got to have two adults. So that kind of doubles the need for, for people willing to volunteer. And then we want to make sure that, hey, man, you know, some people get a little bit tired from time to time. And we need to be able to swap out a little bit so that people don't get exhausted because it's not easy work. Friend, just remember that you could be the one that God uses to save the eternal life of a child. And we've seen it over and over again. Sometimes the parents come to church and many times they don't. But still, God has been able to impress upon that child that they need Jesus. So whatever decision you need to make today, if it's to give your life to Christ, if it's to follow through and become part of the family of God, to follow through in believer's baptism, to, to just say, you know what, I want to be plugged in. I hear you, Bill. I hear what the Word of God is saying. And I hear that the responsibility of the kingdom kids of my generation is up to me. It's up to all of us. We all have responsibility. So whatever your decision is today, during this song I want you to come. And I just want you to know that whatever your decision is, the Lord is going to bless you in it. He's going to use you in it. And you're going to be blessed as a result of it. So let's pray together.